Streaming with Two Dudes, a podcast about all things streaming. Each episode, we break down some of the best series, songs, movies, and shows. I'm One Dude Parker. I'm Two Dude Jeff. And dudes, this month, our theme is Hooping with Two Dudes. And this episode, we're talking about Space Jam, which was our listener's choice. But first, Jeff, what else have you been streaming? All right, so I'm going to have to cheat a little bit like I did last week. And I'm actually going to have to hit the movie theaters. Because technically you can stream those two if you're willing to drop a pretty penny. So I'm not going to get in too much detail because I got a feeling you haven't watched it yet because you no, didn't get you didn't get yet. the chance. But I'm going for to anybody. I'm actually I'm absolutely going. I will, by the time this drops, I will have seen it. But okay, when we're recording this, I will be going and um, watching it this weekend for sure. Gotcha. Was well, most anybody that's followed this podcast knows Parker and I are both. Huge fans of the movie Scream and the franchise. And Scream 6 dropped just this past weekend. I was able to... uh, You probably heard me talk last week about the movie Champions. I decided to do a double feature. I left Champions and went and saw Scream. Based on Parker's recommendation, I did the full 4DX experience, uh, which was pretty neat. First time I've done that as far as, uh, you know, like the chair moving and... um, I will say this though, they the chairs themselves weren't near as comfortable as like the recliner seats that you get in all the other. Which I mean, I, I get it since they got to, you know, make the chair different based on the right. movements and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, that, and then they also have like the little things that like pop you in the back and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I will say this: I, I guess since not having done it before, not knowing what to expect. The very first scene that I guess was considered scary and the chairs dropped. I mean, that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I mean, <it> <laughs> yeah. I guess so not knowing what to expect and just and it, it just coming out of nowhere. It I mean, it, it got me pretty good. It was pretty fun. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Because like I, I went and saw um last year around uh, Christmas time, they had done they had like redone the um Gremlins film to do it in 4DX. And that was a lot of fun, like watching it. And I've seen, you know, s- several films otherwise, but as far as like a horror film, that's the closest thing I've seen to one. And it definitely helps. Like it, it made a movie that I've seen like hundreds of times, like feel like I'm watching it for the first time because it was like it made just like little small details stand out that you were never expecting, you know, like, you know, like yeah. when the the flashes of like electricity and stuff were going on, like the movie theater strobe lights were like popping on and off and it's just great now I, I know you've did some of these four dx's before mm-hmm. do they have it to where like water or something like that can actually come out on you as well yeah um so like in the theater that i go to they have like a little button that you can push where it says like you can turn it off or turn it on and it chooses to not like whether or not it like sprays at you and stuff okay. um i saw it that button um but uh, i guess maybe that's not a feature for all movies yeah um, I, don't, I don't think every one of them uses it um okay when i went and saw avatar 2 it used it but like it doesn't use it 
I don't think he used it. Is yeah, I've definitely been in one that it didn't use. I think it was um maybe the the maybe it was Thor Love and Thunder. Maybe that was a 40x. Mm. I feel like it was definitely um a Marvel movie, but it, I don't think it used it in that one, and I noticed it as well. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty neat. I mean, I, I would do it again. Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to run back just for that particular experience. I mean, I, you know, you definitely got to save it for the right movie because uh, I, I, I do like my comfort and I love the recliner seats. Yeah. But I, I found myself having to kind of shift my butt cheeks quite a bit throughout the movie because, you know, I'm you know, got a little bit of age on me. So I was getting a little uncomfortable at times. But uh, and I don't know if, if you've watched a lot of 3D movies and I won't give away too much, but um i've seen maybe one two at the most before and i noticed in this one like the the one i remember seeing before you know with it being in 3d it kind of gives you the effect that like something's coming at you or Mm -hmm. almost like you can reach out and grab something yeah Um, scream didn't use scream didn't use that at all yeah um you know it's it's still 3d you know you see the depth and all that stuff so i mean it's still cool right but they didn't use it in a way to where, you know, you feel like a knife's coming at you or yeah. blood's coming at you or anything like that. But, um, which I but, kind of, I like, I mean, that, that's, I love the way that they do that, honestly. Like, I, I think that the stuff, you know, coming towards you is just kind of like cheesy to some extent, yeah. especially if it's used like for no reason. Like, if it, if it makes sense in the film to do it where it doesn't like stand out, you know, when you're not watching the movie, then it, it's, it's cool, you know, but, yeah yeah if if you're watching it without 3d and you're like oh that was definitely meant to be a 3d scene like that that's when i don't like it it's, yeah. it's just like corny but yeah i definitely recommend the movie anybody that's a you know uh a fan of the franchise i, I think will enjoy it it's probably not going to be i mean to me it's still gonna be hard to beat the original in my opinion scream one yeah but it, it's still a solid entrance and and Sometimes I get a little nervous on these franchises when they change cities, like, yeah. like totally change locations. I believe it was Jason that went into space one time. And uh, so t- sometimes that could be a huge risk, but it no issues with Scream changing. I, I think it was actually cool to see it in New York. Um, well, actually, so. I think the only times that they've actually been in the same town has been Was it the? Was she in? Were they still in high school in the second one? Because they were in college in the second one, right? They might have been. Yeah. So the I only two, the like only two Ford. films that even took place in the same town were the first one and the fifth one. I think four and five happened. Did, did, in the town. I said one, four, and five would all took place in. I don't remember Woodsboro. three well enough. Three took place in Hollywood, I think. Oh, okay. Because that was that was on the on the screen of, on the set of Stab Two. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, it's been too long since I've seen two and three. <laughs> yeah. I, don't I, th- like, I think I, don't I just like watched. It. I think three I watched is by far the one I've seen the least. Yeah. And I think I watched a quick recap because, you know, I've, I've just recently watched four and five yeah. um, to get prepped for six. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, obviously you're going to check it out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recommend it. It's, it's, it's a good watch. Um, just don't be disappointed if it's not your favorite out of the franchise, but, um, you know, any franchise like that, if, if you can keep Steam going, you know, you're accomplishing a good bit. And I think they're doing that well. Yeah. What about you? Um, 
actually, I uh, started getting into something that I've never actually really gotten into. I started getting into anime a little bit. Um, and I was asking some, like, recommendations from friends. And I started watching this one called uh, Demon Slayer. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I haven't really gotten too far into it. But, um, yeah, so I really can't talk about it too much because I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about because I absolutely will not sound like what I'm talking about to anybody that's actually watched the show. So, um, but yeah, that's um, what I am currently streaming when, because I've actually actually started to have a little bit of free time this past week. So, um, yeah, that's what I am currently streaming. I have not already been streaming it, so I can't really talk about it too much, but that's currently what I'm currently streaming. So, um, but I did, even though I've seen it probably 500 times, I did stream the film we watched and talked about today, which is the original Space Jam from 1996, which, Jeff, I'm sure you can tell me all kinds of things about this movie. I can probably tell you all Ooh. kinds of things about this movie. Um, I was eight, maybe, probably nine, honestly whenever this movie came out and man if you i mean that what a better age for this type of film to come out um so man this was right up my alley i can tell you yeah i can't tell you how many times i watched this movie dude um but yeah i don't think you probably have the same exact nostalgia for it but yeah, yeah. What, what can you tell me definitely not i mean i, I would have been about 20 uh, when this film came out. So my experience obviously would have been uh, quite a bit different than yours. Uh, I mean, yeah, if I'd been a kid, yeah, I definitely know I'd have been all over this. But even as a 20-year-old, being a huge Michael Jordan fan, um, and even as I became an adult, and even now, I mean, I've still, I've always loved animated movies. And the fact that they were mixing Michael Jordan and, um, you know, the Looney Tune characters, and you probably had enough of the 80s and even 90s to know you don't see this much today, but a lot of this movie worked so well because of all the commercials during that time. Yeah. I mean, all the commercials that they had between the NBA players and the back and forth between them and then commercials with Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. I mean, there was like a story within a story, even building up to this movie that you would appreciate a lot more if you were familiar with all that. Mm -hmm. I so remember like those. A young person that'd be watching the original today probably won't have the same appreciation because, um, and it don't seem like they do that near as much. It seems like back then, I think the game and the sport was marketed a whole lot more. Whereas now the individual is marketed uh, far more. So it's kind of a difference in, in trend. But yeah, dude, this movie, by far more than any movie we've covered so far, there was so much information, trivia, interesting tidbits. I mean, it was just, I was just blown away. I'm like, holy cow, I'm going to have to, I had, I cut out a ton of stuff that I originally, you know, I, I took everything down. It was almost like I, I screened it twice. Yeah, I, I took everything down that I thought could make the cut, and then I went back and cut some more stuff out just because there was so much stuff. But 
luckily you're the editor so you're welcome to cut out as much of, of this as you want but because i'm going to talk a little bit about michael jordan first because huge michael jordan fan obviously you know anybody that knows me knows i'm a huge north carolina tar hill fan so that's when my love for jordan started he went to north carolina he's from the state of north carolina another interesting tidbit is the high school he went to was in the same conference as the high school I went to. Oh, really? So he actually played on my high school gym. Not while I was there, of course, but <laughs> still, that's my little connection with Michael Jordan. So anyway. So you'd have, Michael, been, you'd have been behind him, right? So you could have went and watched him, right? No. Wait, what do you mean by behind? Like you would have you would have graduated after him. Like you, yeah, would, like well you would have been in high school or junior high when he was in college, right? Yeah, so he was in college in 82 was his first year at North Carolina, and I was only six. Oh, okay. So he was just a little baby then. Yeah. Okay. I just a little baby. He's just a little baby. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he was actually born in Brooklyn, but raised in Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, which is kind of on the coast. Uh, he was like one of four or five uh, children, but after he was born, they decided maybe Brooklyn's not the best place to raise a family. And actually, baseball was his first love. He went to Laney High School, and he started. He, he had an older brother, um, named I believe it was Larry, who was very passionate about uh, basketball. And Michael always idolized him, so he had an interest in basketball. And I don't know if you've. This is always a popular fact. You always hear it, Michael Jordan, but he tried out for his varsity basketball team in tenth grade and got cut. Did not make the team in tenth grade. Right. But he kept practicing, had a nice little growth spurt, and he averaged over 25 points a game his last two years in varsity. So he became quite a recruit. Uh, got a scholarship to go to the UNC in Chapel Hill. Um, he also hit the winning shot as a freshman in the 1982 title game, which people that don't understand the sport as much was highly unusual for a freshman back then to have such a huge impact. Um, especially even at North Carolina, because it's almost like you had to wait your turn. And actually, for s decades, as a freshman in college, you couldn't even play varsity basketball in college. You had to sit out your freshman year. So the fact that he was making an impact immediately as a freshman was was remarkable. Um, of course, he went to the NBA draft after his junior year in college. He was drafted with the third pick by, of course, everybody knows, Chicago Bulls. Um, and he won three championships with the Bulls. Uh, that would have been up the big 91, 92, and 93. And then he had a two-year hot hiatus, uh, which also was highly impacted by uh, his father got murdered um, after that first stretch of three championships. Decided to play baseball uh, for those two years. He came back to the NBA and won three more titles with the Bulls. Uh, most people know his number is 23. Um, now, when he came back, he wore number 45 because 23 was retired. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I did not know is the reason he wore number 45 was because his older brother, Larry, that was his uh, number in high school. Oh, nice. so did not know that part. And a little interesting tidbit the Tar Heel fans have always known about Michael Jordan is, and he actually, this is actually in the movie, and it's actually a fact, that he wears his UNC shorts under his Bulls jersey in every game that he played in. Do you think he actually so, washes them though after every game too, or do you think he he leaves that stink I, on him? 
Who knows? I don't know. I'm sure he could. <laughs> I'm sure he could afford multiple pairs of UNC shorts. So he says it's the same ones. So I'm sure it's the same <laughs> well, ones. Like I'm sure. I'm sure that if he's that superstitious, he they're at least the same ones for sure. It could be. Could be. Gotta be. Gotta be. So, of course, everybody's familiar with the number twenty-three and the number forty-five. He also wore number twelve, but mm-hmm. it was only for one game, and it was in nineteen ninety. Uh, they were playing in Orlando against Orlando Magic, and an arena employee stole his uniform. <laughs> and he had a backup jersey for an emergency situations that was number 12. It didn't even have a last name on it. But in that game, he scored 49 points, and the Bulls beat the Magic in that game. <laughs> so it's probably his best jersey as far as points per game. Wow. As far as his baseball career, of course, you know, he was highly criticized. It was considered a complete fail. But when you actually look at it, even though he only batted 202 with like three home runs, he actually had 50, you know, this, this is going to be baseball talk. So it's been not mean a lot of people that not familiar with baseball, but he had 51 run batted in 30 stolen bases, six outfield assists. Um, and he led the team. With 11 bases loaded RBIs and 25 RBIs with runners in scoring position with two outs. So the fact that he didn't play baseball for that many years, you know, he played in high school um, and went straight to a, you know, he played triple A. If I'm not mistaken, it was triple A. It was either double A or triple A, but I think it was triple A. I mean, that's the highest minor league level you can play at before you make it to the major. So it's, it's pretty competitive. So, I was always impressed with the fact that he even accomplished what he did in baseball because baseball is different than like, I feel like it's a lot different than basketball and, and football where you do see a lot of athletes that start the game late. You know, they, they may not pick it up until high school or even college and they, they blossom, but those sports you, you, you can kind of get by with like freakish athleticism. Whereas baseball Almost, I mean, almost requires years of just honing your craft and the hand-eye coordination, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, athleticism is only going to take you so far in baseball. So, yeah. I was always amazed about it. Um, so, just a little bit more on Michael. We'll go into some of the other interesting tidbits. Uh, there was- <laughs> how, much, how much more are you going to talk about Michael Jordan? <laughs> I've only got about I've this only- movie. I've only got one sentence left. <laughs> okay, okay. And, and and that's why I said you're the editor, so you're welcome to uh, <laughs> take creative liberties. Uh, he had one quote that I thought was pretty interesting, and uh, because there's always, when it comes to Michael and even the current game, yeah. and over the years, it's always Michael versus Kobe versus LeBron, who's the GOAT, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Michael was quoted as saying, in my prime, I could probably take LeBron, but I'm not sure about Kobe. So... High praise the Kobe. All right. Now, there was actually other people in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go into that <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Mr. Wayne Knight played Stan Podolak. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he's most known as you might watch his TV from Seinfeld. He also was uh, in Jurassic Park. Uh, Joe Picta, the director, actually originally wanted Michael J. Fox to play Stan, um, but he was overruled by the studios. Jason Alexander and Chevy Chase were also considered for that role. But I thought Mr. Knight played the role very well. Yeah. Uh, Teresa Randall played Juanita Jordan. She was in Bad Boys and Malcolm X. 
and Mr. Bill Murray played himself. He accepted a role in this movie after expressing regret at missing out on the chance to star in another animated live-action film that pa- Parker is very familiar with and loves dearly. Who played Roger Rabbit? Roger yes. Rabbit. Yeah. Love it. One of my favorites. Yes. So, so I was talking about all the commercial. Bill Murray's appearance is a reference to a series of 1990s commercials for the NBA in which Murray starred, and he always tries and fails to become an NBA player. So they really played heavily <laughs> yeah. uh, on, on that string of commercials. Well, and I'm pretty sure the same director directed the commercials as well. Very possible. I think so. I think that's how they got the film like actually started. was like okay. they started doing the commercials and then the idea came with like brainstormed while they were actually making the commercials, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I I do have that little tidbit as far as kind of what birthed the idea of the movie. Um, Now here, this is one of the ones I told you earlier that I was really excited to share with you. Yes. Do you remember Bill Murray's Jersey number? I do not actually know. His number was 22. Okay. And in a way, it's an honor of Parker Thompson. That's my that's my favorite number, right? Yeah. Well, he wore it because of Groundhog Day, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, February Groundhog 2nd. Day, February 2nd, 2 2, yeah. also Parker's birthday. Yeah. So uh, a little shout out to Bill Murray for honoring Parker. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now everybody knows my birthday. <laughs> yeah. Woo-hoo. I think everybody probably knew my birthday, anyways. Yep. Uh, I so think I've announced has- it before in February. You get a bunch of birthday presents. You can thank me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So actually, Bill Murray initially was only supposed to be in the golf course scene, but he wanted so bad to be in the climatic basketball game at the end because the director kind of showed him the process of how he directed the live action animation. And Bill Murray was just really, I don't know, he was just amazed by it and just really wanted to be in that last game. Yeah. So they, they found a way to write him in. Thought it worked pretty well. Yeah. Now, some of the basketball players, I'll just hit the main ones. So, the stars that lost their talent Charles Barkley, Larry Johnson, Tyrone Bogues, which I was known by Muggsy Bogues, Patrick Ewan, and Sean Bradley. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if this was intentional. One of these is not like the others. <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, like, you're right. I mean, Muggsy is very short. Well, true. But, I mean, Sean Bradley is not. I I don't know why they picked him out of all of the other players at the I time. Was, now was I was kind a, of yeah. He wasn't as he wasn't as popular. Like why couldn't they have like done like Shaq? You know what I'm saying? Like that would have made sense. But like Sean Bradley, like come on. Like I mean, you know, it is what it is. But it's Sean Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually okay. So this was actually when I was like I was in, like a big NBA fan at the time and. One of the things that I actually loved about this movie, um, and I'll, I'll give you a little tidbit about me, is that even though I was, you know, everybody loved Michael Jordan and, you know, the Bulls and they were goat and blah, blah, blah. But my team at the time, my personal team was the Charlotte Hornets. And Muggsy Bogues and Larry Johnson were like my dudes at this time. So when they were in this movie, I was like, I was loving it all about it, man. I love Muggsy Bogues. I like that dude can handle the ball like nobody's business. In fact, I actually, I actually like not really in preparation for this, but like I watched this film once 
um, a couple of days ago, and I was like, man, I was like, I I miss Muggsy Bogues, and I actually like went and watched like some highlights of him, man. He's just he's just so cool, such a cool dude. Love Muggsy. Um, but yeah, yeah, on Bradley, I, like what the hell? Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of a big deal, mainly just because of his height. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, he wasn't strong enough, so he he kind of fizzled out pretty quick in the league. But because um, I think he was like seven six, I mean, he was definitely the tallest player. But you know, I didn't do any research on why the players were picked. I did find it interesting that two of the five were from the Charlotte Hornets. So I don't know if that had anything to do with Jordan being you know, being from North Carolina, or I know both those players were kind of big at the time, but. Yeah, the Hornets is probably one of the smallest market teams in the NBA. Um, and actually, I'll have a Hornets connection later on. But of course, you know, talking about the commercials like earlier, you had Larry Johnson. He made a reference in the movie about his grandma, and he had that popular commercial series, Grandma Ma. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you saw any of those, but uh, and then Barkley has a line in the movie where it says, "Hey, can I play?" And that was all part of the big like McDonald's commercial where Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, Bird are playing, and he's you know Barker saying, "Hey, can I play?" And so there's so many like cool little references to a lot of the commercials and other stuff that were going on at the time. Um, one last character I'll mention: it was her film debut, Miss Lola Bunny. Yeah, Bugs's love interest. Now the role was originally supposed to go to Honey Bunny. However, the producers and animators felt like she looked too much like bugs and drag or even a relative (laughs) or or even a relative of of bugs. So they went through various redesigns and just like, we just need to do a completely different character. So Lola Bunny, I can't talk tonight. Lola Bunny was birth. No, it's on your mind. It's a little Freudian slip there. Yes, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Now, one that was the last character, but one interesting character that did not make the cut with you being in music and animation, maybe you remember these, but there was supposed to be a scene featuring, why can't I talk tonight? Featuring <laughs> MC Scat Cat and the Stray Mob who were featured in Paula Abdul's music. Oh, and, uh, weird. That'd yeah. be so weird. That'd be so <laughs> weird. I didn't even know, like, until you said the Paul Abdul video, I didn't even know who you were talking about. Yeah. But yeah, that's that would be so weird. But they were completely <laughs> cut out of the script, so that didn't happen. Probably for the All best. Right. Now about the movie. Very fitting that we did just fit this in in our month of basketball, because if this information is still current and correct... It is the highest grossing basketball film of all time. I definitely believe that. And it is also the highest grossing Looney Tunes film. It grossed $250 million worldwide. It was Warner Brothers Animation's highest grossing film until it was surpassed by the Lego movie in 2014. Oh, cool. So the movie kind of serves as a fictionalized account of what happened between Michael Jordan's retirement in 93 and when he came back in 95. Supposedly, I don't know how accurate this is, but playing and practicing on the court for the movie kind of gave Jordan the confidence and maybe the extra edge to want to reconsider returning to the NBA. Of course, Michael Jordan did put a little kink in the plans. His project was closed when he retired from basketball in 93, but it was reopened when they knew he was coming back in 95. 
as you handed out earlier, the concept for this movie originated from a series of highly popular live-action animated sci-fi sports comedy Nike commercial ads for Air Jordan shoes titled Hair Jordan and Aerospace Jordan. So it featured Bugs and Michael quite a bit, um, even against Marvin the Martian and his alien henchmen. Uh, so it kind of birthed the idea for the movie. All right. Here's another interesting little tidbit that will actually reference another movie we covered recently. So according to Joe Pitka, um, it was difficult to get most actors involved with Space Jam to, due to its odd premise. He's like, I mean, they're trying to work with animated characters and an athlete. So he had a tough time, you know, getting big time actors to agree to go along with the film. But there was another person who was very interested in helping with the screenplay gentleman by the name of spike lee really warner, warner brothers blocked him from the project out of dissatisfaction from how he funded malcolm x this was all news to me evidently there was a big stink between warner brothers and spike lee over the funding of malcolm x he he didn't hold up his end um he went way over budget they kept giving him more money uh, it was almost canceled. Uh, it was almost scrapped. And then, so Mr. Lee reached out to some of his friends that he said had some bank. And they kind of gave him some donations. person named Bill Cosby, oh. Oprah Winfrey, Irvin Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Prince, Janet Jackson. <laughs> so... But the way he he would talk about it, he made it sound like that Warner Brothers just left them out to dry. And Warner Brothers was like, dude, we we gave you a budget and we kept giving you more money. Uh, so, yeah, there was a little stink between Warner Brothers and Spike Lee at the time. So they were like, yeah. nope, you've got no, in you're not going to have any <laughs> part in uh, Space Jam. So. Which is probably for the best, considering how you felt about he got game. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> All right, so one little scene. I'm not. I'll kind of hit on it because I'm not sure if you'll hit on it in a recap because it wasn't necessarily a huge scene. I just thought it was kind of funny based on all the advertising in the '80s and '90s. But uh, when Stanley comes into Michael's hotel room and is like, "Come on, Michael, slip on your Hanes, lace up your Nikes, take your Wheaties and your Gatorade, and let's go grab the Big Mac." Yeah. He, literally, he literally hit on every product that Michael Jordan was the spokesman for around yeah. that time. Yep. So it's kind of a neat little plug. That All was right. funny. Here is the next really cool fact or story that I was wanting to share with you because it involves another movie that we've already referenced. But so back in the late 80s, Disney asked Warner Brothers, hey, can we use some of the Looney Tune characters for a Disney film called Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Warner Brothers obliged and they were in the belief there was a reciprocal gentleman's agreement which there was, but Disney management changed by the time Space Jam came along. So Warner Brother say, hey, Disney, can you return the favor? We'd like to use a few of your Disney characters. Mickey Mouse was supposed to be the match referee. Disney reneged, said, nope, sorry, not going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of explains why there are some Disney digs in this movie. Yeah. Uh if you remember the one scene where Daffy suggests name of the team, the Ducks, 
And Bugs was like, what kind of Mickey Mouse organization would name their team the Ducks? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what even this even gets better. So of course the movie pokes jabs at Disney because of the disagreement between Disney and Warner Brothers. Ironically, the first time it aired on network TV was part of ABC's The Wonderful World of Disney. <laughs> and nice. anytime the movie aired on the Freeform network, the line where it says, what kind of Mickey Mouse organization, that whole line, it was always edited out. What? Freeform is owned by Disney, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so that whole story I just thought was hilarious. It, oh, uh, that's great. All right, you'll be happy enough. I've only got two more points for you. All right, let's go. All right, the scene where Charles Barkley is in the church praying, and he makes the comment, I'm never going to go out with Madonna again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the time, it was always thought he was actually making a joke or a reference about Madonna's relationship with Dennis Rodman. But turns out, Mr. Charles Barkley also had a little thing with Madonna at one time. So that was yeah. actually, that little joke was actually based on a true statement. And last interesting tidbit, we're on the production side of things. Uh, as far as the filming, Michael Jordan would would film in a 360-degree degree green screen room, I'll say that three times, with motion trackers playing and acting alongside green-suited NBA players and improv actors. And they would use Groundlings Theater and school around him serving as placement identifiers for the animated characters with the CGI background replica of a real life setting so if anybody was interested in like how they do movies like that there's just a little bit of tidbit oh cool so man that was a lot and believe it or not i deleted a lot of stuff out i believe it so there was just i I encourage anybody to kind of just research it there's just there were so many little interesting tidbits that um i I knew parker wouldn't want a three-hour podcast on this one movie so (laughs) And I won't blame them for editing out any of that either. So I will not, I will not do so. If if I had to, if I had to struggle through it, everybody else has to struggle through it. There you go. I'm so, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Pause, yeah, no, apologize for that long rant, but we will now proceed to the next phase where we get a little recap from Mr. Parker. All right. And for those of you that have never listened to this before, the way I do it is I do it with absolutely no notes or anything else in front of me um and i basically get up and front of the class and recap and give an oral presentation over the movie we watched and me an adhd kid is going to try to do this without forgetting anything um jeff will grade me on a scale of a plus being i got everything right i didn't miss anything important i even got some things that weren't important important in there um you know for extra credit and um an f means that i pretty much didn't even watch the right movie i watched space jam a new legacy and (laughs) i don't even know who michael jordan is i just been watching a movie about lebron james for the past two hours um and so, my part is also to interrupt Parker occasionally just to throw yeah, him off his game. He will absolutely try to throw me off my game, which is very easy to do. Um, oftentimes, I will go back and repeat 30 minutes of the movie. Um, so we will start. We got a young Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jordan. <laughs> we got a young Michael Jordan. Um, he's playing, you know, basketball out in the 
his front yard. It's in the middle of the night. His dad comes out, you know, they have a little father son moment and, you know, Michael's telling him pretty much his whole life, what he wants to do. And, uh, you know, his dad's like, you know, like that's a, that's a great plan. He's like, he's like, well, you know, after that you can fly. And then Michael, you know, little Michael takes off running jumps and then right when he gets to the rim we get like a flash and then quad city djs they open bro, up bro how great is that song dude seriously man like I this forgot. whole soundtrack this whole soundtrack i forgot how much i love that song i haven't heard it in so long i'm like and when, <laughs> and when the movie started with that song i'm like oh my god i love that song yes yes i mean even well actually it started with i believe i can fly but Yes, this one when it when it popped up with those opening credits and you get that montage of like Michael Jordan's like early years and like his college and and like just his highlight reel from basically like everything up till '93. It's just mwah, chef's kiss, love it. And then just the way it's just edited over that that quad C DJ's track, like man, doesn't get better than this. Like this is my childhood right here, dude. And the, the soundtrack in general, like. I listened to this entire soundtrack. I don't think there's anybody in probably 10 years around me, you know, that didn't own this soundtrack because dude, this is just, ah, they're all bangers, man. There was even a, there was even a rap track on there with Bugs Bunny, man. Like, come on, <laughs> like, come on, bro. Um, but yeah, dude, the so many classics, but yeah. Um, but you got to figure this movie was probably really barely an hour because when when I was watching, I'm like, well, dang, the first 15 minutes is just basically Jordan stuff. And then yeah. it got it, hadn't even gotten into the movie yet. And right. There's a, there's a ton of credits and stuff at the end. I'm like, this movie was actually probably more like an hour. Right. I mean, seriously, like it was very short. I was able to, you know, knock it out and yeah, like twice, you know, pretty much in one day. Um, so the opening credits finally when they do finally end they <laughs> they um we see Michael Jordan he is um holding a conference he's announcing his retirement from basketball um everybody's sad and he's telling everybody how he's going to start playing baseball um and then after that we see um we get a a little clip over to um Mon or I forgot what the place is called why can't I think of it Moron um, Mountain. Moron Mountain. I was thinking of, I couldn't think of the word moron. I had the word mountain in my head, but moron. So we see Moron Mountain. We see uh, this big guy played by Danny DeVito. He's wondering why everybody's, you know, hating on his theme park. And, you know, he has these little sidekicks and he's trying to decide, you know, like, what can we do to make the theme park get more money? And behind him on the TVs, um, there's some Looney Tunes. And so, the little um the little guys suggest the looney tunes and so he says yes go get them for me so they go pack up in their um in their spaceship and head to um the parking lot of a piggly wigglies and go into the land of looney tunes um on their way there they pass by michael jordan he is now playing baseball and like you said, he's playing for uh, in AAA, and 
everybody's just, you know, bending over backwards for him. Everybody's always kissing his ass. Um, he seems a little annoyed by this, which I mean, I would be too. Um, he's got this little assistant, you know, Wayne Knight, you, you mentioned him. They, um, he's, you know, pretty much also bending over backwards for him. He's takes Michael home. Michael has, a you know, three kids and a wife and a dog named Charles. Cause you get it, get it, Charles Barkley, like Barkley. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, um, meanwhile, we, uh, we have the Looney Tunes. They're down there. Um, <clears throat> they get, Bugs comes in contact with the aliens who pretty much tell him that they are taking all of them over. And all of the tunes, you know, come to town hall to meet up, you know, and discuss what's going to happen. And Bugs, you know, pulling his elaborate little scheme, convinces the aliens to give them a chance to defend themselves. And in order, you know, because they're so small, they're like, hey, you know, we can beat them in basketball, easy peasy. So they challenge them to a game of basketball. Uh, so the little critters, they decide to go and research basketball and they decide to steal the talent from five different players who you mentioned earlier, Charles Barkley, Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues, Patrick Ewing, and Sean Bradley. And the uh, NBA pretty much goes on lockdown. Um, you know, freak wh out. when that part happened, I was thinking back, like, how absurd it must have seemed at the time, even watching the movie, for the NBA to cancel games yeah. due to a, a mysterious, contagious illness. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. And it's like we went through that exact thing where like the sports world shut down, you know, because of COVID. So I thought it was really cool to watch that play out. Yeah, like it, it's it's just, like it always seems so far fetched at the time. But now it's just like, yep, that's just that's so plausible. In fact, it happened. <laughs> like, and actually, I got a little interesting tidbit that's just my own knowledge. No, no Googling required. So, so during those scenes where, you know, the NBA was shutting down, you, you see Vladi Divac, mm -hmm. you know, they show the, the LA Lakers. Um, he was actually traded from the Lakers to a team heavily featured in this movie, the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, Parker, who was he traded for? It, was he traded for Larry Johnson? He was traded for Kobe Bryant. Oh, what? People for the forget for the Hornets. Pick? Yeah, the Hornets drafted Kobe Bryant, um, but they never – they wanted a center. So I guess they had an agreement worked out. Hey, if we pick Kobe, we'll trade him to you for Vladi Divac. Right. And boy, did the Lakers get the better end of that deal. Uh, yeah. Here's another little tidbit. That was like the 13th pick, I think. Two different players who were picked ahead of Kobe Bryant in that same draft that we've mentioned already on our podcast, Stefan Marbury mm -hmm. and Mr. Ray Allen yep. <laughs> were picked fourth and fifth in that same draft ahead of Kobe. Crazy. So there you crazy, go. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right. So um, that was a good long interruption. That's really good. Yeah, you, you did. Off. I really had to think about where I was um, for a second. Um, so the, they stole their talents. Um and they go back down and show Bugs and the crew how, you know, 
how they look with the talent stolen. They, you know, now they're all super tall and buff and can play basketball like crazy. And the blue one looks like Matthew Lillard now. And um, so then uh, Bugs and them decide to, you know, who they're decided that they're going to go steal Michael Jordan. So while Michael Jordan is playing golf with Larry Bird and Bill Murray, he is sucked into the hole, um, which is um, then pulled into Looney Tune land where they tell him what's going on at the gym. And then the monsters show up and turn Michael Jordan into a basketball and, you know, throw him around the court. And then Michael decides, you know, like, I'm not going to let stand up for this. I'm going to be a part of the game and help the Looney Tunes take on the monsters. And, so he sends Bugs and Daffy to go get his shorts and his tennis shoes. And that's when um that's when we get the, you know, the Bugs and Daffy going into the real world. They are um they found the shoes just fine, but the shorts there in the mouth. Uh, there's it's in the mouth of Charles Barkley, the dog, and the kids come and rescue him and help, you know, Bugs and Daffy out, save the day. And they go, and everybody's practicing. But uh, those 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 few scenes there, I thought were really good. Like when he gets sucked into the hole. Yeah, I like that. Like Bill Murray and Larry Bird didn't freak out. (laughs) Right, they were were just like, okay, what the heck just happened? (laughs) Right. I thought that that whole sequence I thought was hilarious, and then I love where. He you know, snaps the camera out of his hand. Where Jordan's kids are, you know, in the house and they see Bugs and Daffy. It it just kind of gave you that whole like Santa Claus vibe. Yeah. That, that magical moment, you know, where they see Santa and it's just, I don't know, it, it just created a lot of uh, of just really cool feelings seeing that that whole part play. Like I said, it's been forever since I've seen this movie. So in a lot of ways, I felt like I was watching it for the first time. So that's nice. That was really right. sweet. <laughs> yeah. uh, Do you think I'm just looking for ways to interrupt you just to throw you off your your game? <laughs> uh, sometimes. Um, Maybe that was my last one. We'll see. So we see that um, you know they're practicing and they've got you know Michael's got a lot more cut out for him than he bargained for, um, and then comes game time and. Um, and the you know everybody's in attendance all the cartoon characters are there marvin the martian is going to be the referee do you know why they picked marvin the martian to be the referee well i mean he is an alien yep and he's also a looney tune so i mean they yep. thought he would be partial yeah exactly that's exactly or, what it is he would be impartial not, to not partial yeah. I, I use the wrong word yeah impartial yep 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 yeah i always thought that was great because that's one of the things i didn't it was like I didn't find like realize that or hear that or read about it. I don't know how I found out about it, but it was definitely like years down the road, like probably a good 15 years after I watched the movie, like someone had told me that and I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Never thought of that. Um, yeah, I, def- I definitely read it. I don't think I would have, I mean, it makes perfect sense, but yeah, yeah. I, I didn't pick up on it on my own. Yeah. I thought that was great. Um, because I was, oh man, I was such a huge Marvin the Martian fan when I was a kid. Like that, he was my character for sure. Like he was my Looney Tunes character, him and Taz. Um, 
but uh so they're you know they're getting their butts kicked in the first half um they get into the half the the locker room at halftime you know michael's trying to pump everybody up he's not making it happen and um and then bugs you know he gets an idea he fills up some he's going to use a little bit of you know suggestive placebo effect and writes michael's secret stuff on a bottle of water pretends that it's making him all super jacked and that's what michael jordan uses to be so good passes it around to the team the team's all psyched they get out there and they start you know kicking butt in the second half and you know it's down to like the last 10 seconds and they're only down by two points you got michael jordan there and he finds out um he finds out that uh or they call in Wayne Knight because everybody else is getting sore and tired and they needed him. And uh, because he finally made his way down there by digging his way into the <laughs> Toon Land. And um, that's also how they found out that the t- that they stole the, the um, NBA players' powers. And so over the last 10 seconds, they all have a timeout. And the owner of um, the Monstars, he, uh, you know, he makes a deal with Michael that um, that if the Tunes win, that the NBA players will get their talents back. But if they lose, that Michael Jordan has to come and work on Moron Mountain. And Bill Murray comes in also and takes Wayne Knight's place as well because to be the fifth player. And... um. Also, that's also uh, when Wayne Knight gets flattened, that's when he realizes, Michael Jordan realizes that cartoon physics works in his favor, which I don't realize why he's just now realizing that when he was <laughs> turned into a ball at the very beginning. That's like literally, like literally one of the first things that happens to him. But whatever. Um, so he realizes that cartoon physics work in Toonland and um, gets the ball, with, you know, the last few seconds. He's jumping from the three-point line and... You know, the monsters all grab him and tackle him, but he starts to stretch with his arm out as far as he can. Um, you know, with the last seconds going on, and then you know, of course, he stretches it like 15 feet long and drops the ball in and wins the game. The players get their talents back, and Michael decides to go back and play in the NBA and we get a final scene of Jordan's actual return to the NBA and the Chicago Bulls. The end. How'd I do? All right. I'm going to give you drum roll. Drum roll. I will give you an A. All right. I'll take it. Very close to an A plus, especially with the the interruptions that I gave you there. You handled them well. You rebounded quickly. Uh, you like how you rebounded there? Yeah, um, I like that. I like that. So yeah, I'm going to give you a very, very solid A. That was very well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. That one, I mean, honestly, that one's pretty much close to being in my DNA at this point. So, exactly. I mean, it sound, you know. sounded like a movie you've watched 500 times. I've, I've definitely seen it quite a few times. You know, I definitely, you know, skipped over some of the montages of like the players getting like analyzed and talking and everything like that was a lot of fun too but um not really important so i just kind of skipped over it um 
But yeah, man, Space Jam. Space Jam, Space Jam, Space Jam. Jeff, what did you think about Space Jam? And before we get into it, I think, um, okay, we'll give this out of... I'm going to say, I think it's my turn, so... Yeah, yeah, it's your turn. I'm going to do it out of five balls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just, you've been waiting all month to do that one. Balls. Right, out of five balls. Because, you know, it's Jordan, so he plays basketball, he played baseball, he played yeah. golf, so there's golf balls. Yeah. So, yeah. It was either balls or morons, but I'm going to go with balls. Okay. And I'm going to say it just like that. Balls. Right. Balls. <laughs> okay. So, how many balls do you think I'm going to give it? Um, I think you're going to give this film three and a half balls. You nailed it. Yes. Three and a half balls. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was a very good movie. Uh, as we mentioned before, a little bit different experience for me uh, since, you know, this came out when I was already an adult. I was 20. Obviously, it came out during your childhood. So I think anybody that has a, a deeper connection as from their childhood, I think it's going to enjoy the movie a little better. Um, but I would say I have a lot of complaints. If, if I think maybe the movie lacked a little bit of substance because to me, and we kind of hit on a little bit, to me, it just it played out more like a just an episode of Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if just because they, they didn't have enough of a storyline, they probably figured it's like, man, we, we got to be at least close to an hour and a half. So they added all this stuff at the beginning and the end that really wasn't part of the movie just to kind of push it to close to an hour and a half. Uh, when actually, like we said, it was actually more like a close to an hour. So right. uh, I, I would have liked maybe... Um, you know, a little bit more substance or a little bit more of a story. I mean, I like the, the concept of the story. Uh, maybe they just could have put more stuff in it to uh, let, let the story play out a little bit longer. But it felt, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously, no wonder it felt like the movie went by so quick because it, it, it was a very quick movie. I'm like, crap, it's like they lose their talents. Jordan decides to play and boom, here's the one game they're going to play yeah. to to decide it. So yeah, it, it happened very quick, but Overall, I mean, like a huge Jordan fan, and it's just really cool to incorporate all the Looney Two characters, you know. And at the and at the time, you know, this this wasn't something that had been done often, so it was just a really cool concept. Uh, I mean, there's a reason it made what over 250 million dollars. I mean, Michael Jordan was about as popular of an athlete and a celebrity you can possibly get, mm-hmm. e- even at that time. Uh, combining him with you know all these popular you know Looney Tunes characters, uh, I mean it was, in a lot of ways it was just a match made in heaven. The way it played off all the the marketing and commercial campaigns at the time that 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 was done really well. It's just kind of a brilliant touch to it. So yeah, this movie did a lot of things right, um, and therefore I'm going to give it a solid three and a half. Plus they started off with I believe I can fly, that 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 drew me in right away. <laughs> And uh, that that song was made for the movie, right? Right, it was. Yeah. Okay, all right. I was I was thinking it was that it wasn't just a song they used, but so uh, so now I've got to figure out how many balls I think Parker's <laughs> going to give it. I, I'm going to say you're going to give it four. Oh man, you're so wrong. Oh, Actually, I'm going to give it three um, because, like you said, like okay, so we gave. We had a lot of actual basketball player actors 
And I'm glad you didn't talk about this so that I can jump into this right now. There you go. Because Michael Jordan is a lot of things, but that man cannot act worth a shit. This, I I was, I literally like, okay, so the first time I watched it and I had my nostalgic nostalgic goggles on and I was just like, man, that was, you know, like that was fun. And then the second time I was like, all right, I got to watch this. Like I'm like, I'm trying to watch this for the first time, you know, like if this movie dropped today and Michael Jordan was still who he was, like he was still popular, relevant, et cetera, et cetera. Like if I'm watching this in 1996 when it drops, like that's where my head's at. And yeah, man, like he was so, he was probably worse than Ray Allen. Honestly, I think he might be the worst basketball player actor <laughs> that we had this month. Um, And I know he had to act against like a green screen for a lot of it. But I mean, even in the play, even in like the, the scenes where he's with like Wayne Knight, you know, and I'm like, dude, Wayne Knight, you know, like Wayne Knight is Newman, you know, Newman is yeah. acting you, bro. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like, I know that's not his thing. Like he can do a lot of things, but acting is definitely not one of them. Um, and honestly, the only reason I'm giving it a three is probably because of a lot of, of how much like love I do have for this movie. Um, because I mean, like, it's one of those movies. Like, it, even though I watched it twice, like, it's I don't think it's something that I really want to watch a lot of. You know, like, like you said, there's really not a lot that goes on. Like, it's hard to, as an adult, anyways. Like, I know it, it, this movie plays more for kids, but as an adult, there's really not a lot going on there. You know, like you you know there's going to be a basketball game and you know that that they're going to win. Like you just know all that. Like and that's pretty much the only two things that really happen in the movie and yeah, I mean it's it's I mean and I don't know. It's it it was just it was and I I like the Looney Tunes. I love the Looney Tunes. I don't think the Looney Tunes are corny, but a lot of the things in this movie were really corny, you know? And I don't know. It's like, it's just not the same Looney Tunes even that I feel like I normally really enjoy. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I do, I do actually, you know, love the movie, but like, it's one of those things like, will I always like, I will definitely always recommend it to like kids for sure. You know, like, like I will make my, like, like make sure my nephews watch, you know, space jam, you know, like, that's the kind of thing that's like going to happen, you know? And if I ever have children, like that's what's going to happen. So like, and I have shown like, you know, kids that it, it's been involved in my life. Like they have seen space jam, but I don't know if I'll ever see, like sit down and like actually try to watch this movie again ever <laughs> um, with just me, myself and I, um, but yeah, I definitely have a space in my heart for it. So I definitely am going to give it, Three bowls. Um, Three bowls. Definitely speaks to the star power of Jordan that, like you said, I mean, acting is definitely not his thing. And, you know, there's some other things wrong with the movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Highest grossing basketball film of all time. That's that's what Michael Jordan does. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's just, I mean, as far as our generation or during the time that we've been alive, it'll be hard pressed to find another star 
athlete, the full package of his caliber. Um, and that's the reason the movie did so well. I mean, there was no other reason other than I do think I do think LeBron, honestly, I think LeBron might rival him. Um, I mean, LeBron's definitely, you know, in the conversation. Um, as far as like being well known, if we're going like that, that definition of it, I would say LeBron is definitely in the conversation of being as popular as Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, I remember years ago, I read an article where I think it's when Jordan's cologne was coming out and it was just a silhouette of the back of his head. Mm -hmm. And they did like an international survey and an ungodly percentage of people recognize that silhouette as Michael Jordan. Yeah. And it was literally just, I mean, and he's bald. So I mean, <laughs> It was just the most simplistic, and it was like, oh yeah, that's, that's Michael Jordan. And I mean, yeah. and and the reason I always put him above LeBron as far as the full package category because Jordan is the one that paved the way to take basketball and marketing to the level that it's at today. Oh I no mean, doubt. I mean, players weren't getting all these advertisements and sponsors and. Uh, shoe deals. I mean, shoe deals like that weren't a thing until Jordan exploded on the scene and Nike blew up, uh, which we we briefly, I don't know if we talked about it on podcast or off podcast, but a movie coming out soon about when Nike first signed uh, Jordan. Uh, right. I really want to see that with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, but uh, just what he did to the game, what he did to marketing, to to players also actually being businessmen, um, is just remarkable. But like you said, acting is not something he should put on his resume. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. There's a reason that he didn't start in anything else after this, I think. Um, so, Jeff, who is your dude or dud of this week for Space Jam? So I was going back and forth. Um, I wanted to end, you know, basketball with, with a dude. And I couldn't decide to go with a sleeper or maybe a more obvious choice. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to mention both of them. But I'll only go into detail on one of them. All right. I thought about Bill Murray just because of what he brought to the movie. Just he's yeah. freaking hilarious. Uh, but a gentleman named Bob Bergen in this movie he voiced porky pig twitty bird marvin the martian barnyard dog and hubie and birdie mm -hmm. <laughs> he voiced all of them <laughs> so this dude was a busy man in this movie uh not so much from the amount of lines but just the fact that he did five different voices five totally different characters kudos to mr bob bergen he is my unsung hero and my dude of the week Nice. That's a good one. That's a that's a good one because mine is actually just going to be a dude as well, and it's going to be Bill Murray <laughs> because yeah, um, he's probably the. I mean, he's definitely the funniest part of this movie. Um, you know, I did like, you know, I, I them honestly. You know, what's kind of funny is even I think even Charles Barkley, like the other. Even Sean Bradley might have been a better actor than Michael Jordan. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. But like those five, the, I mean, even Patrick Ewing didn't really have many lines, so I can't really say much about him. But, and neither did Larry Johnson. I don't think Larry Johnson said one thing, but 
you know, Muggsy Bogues for sure. And definitely, definitely Muggsy Bogues and, and Charles Barkley were definitely, I would say, better actors in the film than, um, than Michael Jordan. But, um, it makes it, you really, really, really appreciate the movie we, we discussed last week. And right, Hustle is great. And, yeah, and the, the guy the that, that played that was it Bo? I don't yeah. know his name, but and then the uh, other guy that like was it Kermit? Yeah, yeah those guys I were mean, great. Yeah, comparatively, um, just shows you where how much humans have evolved in just like fifteen years of how much better like we we've become, or like I guess it'd be like what twenty twenty five years something like that. Jeez, yeah. Jesus. It's I mean, many, and, and it's crazy how big of an impact Bill Murray did have, seeing how he didn't have a lot of scenes. I mean, he basically right. had the, the golf scene in the game at the end. Isn't it but a total of five minutes, but yeah, the, and that movie needed Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, Cause if it not been for him, like you said, I think some of the other flaws would have been, you know, stuck out a lot more, but, but yeah, he, he definitely added something great to it. So yeah. very good, very good dude. For sure. For sure. I'm glad that wasn't the one that you were going to talk into because I was like, I don't really have a backup this week. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, all right, I think we, I think we, I think we, I don't think we missed anything so far. <laughs> Jeff, have you um got any uh, what's your weird topic that you want to talk about? That's like, I guess. All right, it's gonna it's gonna be the not off topic topic. It's going to be the not-so-random question of the week. It's right. relatable to what we've discussed this month. But I would love to hear either your first experience or maybe it was your coolest or your favorite experience of either like a college or pro sports game that you were able to attend in person. Um, uh, Man, honestly, like I've been to a couple of cool things. Um. I've been to uh, I've been to like several Cardinals games. Um, I got to see you know like my first my first Cardinals game was back when like Ozzy Smith was playing, so um, that was pretty cool. And I actually got to go the year that Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were in having their home run, you know, race. Oh, I got yeah. to go that year, and uh, he didn't hit one to me, but I got to see Mark McGuire hit a home run that year. Um, so that was pretty cool. And I also got to go to a game uh, in the World Series. Um, wow. Yeah, that was in, I think, I can't remember what year that was, but that was the year that they played the uh, Texas Rangers. When the Cardinals played the Texas Rangers, I actually got to go to a game in St. Louis and watch the World Series. So, yeah, um, that was pretty cool. Um, I've also gotten to go to, you know, tons of, like, Titans games and Predators games whenever I was living in Nashville. And um, I haven't yet, but I really hope to go to some Bills games and some Sabres games and the Bandits games. And yeah. Um, and when I can cross the border here in like a month or so, hopefully I can go and watch some Blue Jays games too. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I, I do love going to sports. Uh, I actually have never seen an NBA game. Uh, I actually got to see, I can't remember what they were called, but like some kind of like, not Harlem Globetrotters, but like a version of the Harlem, you know, the Harlem Globetrotters, like those times. I got to see one of those one time. And that was pretty cool too. Uh, what nice. about you, man? 
You've actually brought a, a bunch of other ones <laughs> to memory that I wasn't originally going to discuss. But uh, <laughs> so the first one I'll talk about um, was the very first one I went to. You know, no secret, I grew up a huge North Carolina Tar Heel fan. And I don't know if you were anything like me, but I guess when I was younger and like especially a kid and I mean, even getting into teenage years, I don't know, you, you live in such a small little area of the world that you don't. I don't know the the idea of going to a Tar Heel game to me just didn't even seem plausible. I just thought that was like a rich man's thing that that's just that would never be attainable for me. And, and as I got a little bit older, uh, of course, this was long before you know the internet and stuff. So I found out we had a local. I found out a, a telephone number to the local uh, Ticketmaster office. Yeah, and. And started calling when I realized that you could check on Tar Heel games there. And it turns out that it seemed like every year North Carolina would have a game on Super Bowl Sunday. And that would be one of the games that wouldn't sell out. Of course. So I remember calling and I was able to get two tickets. Uh, I think they played Wake. Actually, they played Wake Forest. Um, and actually, like Tim Duncan was a freshman for Wake Forest at the time. And so me and my dad went, I mean, that was my first time like in Chapel Hill. I mean, watching a big time college basketball game like that. And man, it was just incredible. Um, After that, I mean, gosh, um, outside of college basketball, I've always, I've always loved baseball and I grew up loving the Braves and the Cubs and I got TBS and WGN. I got those two cable channels. So I mean, I grew up. Yeah. I mean, if you watch baseball, that's that's the two teams. I know you're yeah. a Cardinals fan, so you you hate the Cubs. But uh, <sighs> ironically, the very first Major League Baseball game I ever attended was in Canada. <laughs> really? Yeah. So um, I was 16. My sister was 20, and she was already married, um, and her husband. Uh, was in the military and they were they were i don't know if you've ever heard of this little town probably not too awfully far from me but they were stationed in a little town called plattsburgh new york which is like upper 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 state new york um not far from canada so uh, i was still living with my parents at the time we went to go visit for a week and while we were visiting it's only like maybe an hour hour and a half to montreal Mm -hmm. so my brother-in-law him and his military buddies went to montreal all the time well, the Braves were in town um, the week we were visiting. So I got to go to two games in Montreal. got to see, I don't know how familiar I was with baseball, but I got to see Greg Maddox pitch. Oh, yeah. One of the mm-hmm. greatest pitchers ever. Um, so I got to see him pitch. So that was a cool experience. Plus, it was Canada. So I mean, that, that, that in and of itself was an experience. I didn't realize that, you know, that English wasn't spoken in the entire <laughs> <laughs> Uh, French is the predominant language in Montreal. So, uh, we, and then the next one I'll talk about is man, I got to go to Wrigley Field. And, oh, cool. Um, that was, you know, that was another, you know, I talked about, I didn't think I'd ever go to North Carolina game. I definitely never thought I'd get to go see the Cubs play. Just, I mean, obviously, that's a long ways away. Um, just, you know, I just, always on my bucket list. And then uh, my wife, she's got family that 
ironically. They're in the St. Louis area. And so, gosh, it was 2017, actually the year after the Cubs won the World Series. Uh, we were taking a vacation to, to go see them. And my wife agreed to let us take a few days to go up to Chicago. And but we did we did see a St. Louis Cardinals game while we were there and uh love the stadium. Bush Bush yeah. Stadiums is uh is talk about a contrast between going to a game of that stadium <laughs> and, and and Wrigley Field, which is like two thousand years old. Um uh, but no, just that whole week just being able to see the the Cardinals game and then man, just walking into Wrigley Field for the first time was one of the most surreal moments. Uh, of my entire life so a lot of special memories as far as uh not 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 just sports in general but man some of those events and games you've been able to attend in person anybody that loves sports you know they'll agree that man that's that's some of the most surreal and exciting moments you'll have in your life yeah man that's super cool super cool love it man well that is pretty much all we have for this week next week we have a surprise for everybody jeff is going to be out of town um and actually that's one of the reasons we've been recording some of these a little bit earlier than we normally have just gonna be out of town for a little while and doing and while he's out of town we will have a couple of guest hosts our friends over at the immediately no podcast um Araya and Steen are going to join uh me next week and we will be watching the movie Contagion which can be found on HBO Max so um check those ladies out and check out the film and yeah catch that with us next week oh pop quiz pop quiz yeah pop quiz you won't know because you haven't seen the movie but it's a pop guess in the movie Scream 6, there is a scene in which the person says, immediately know which character says it. Uh, I have no idea. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> but you can take a good guess, right? Um, I don't know character names. The actress or actor. Oh, Jenna Ortega. Yeah, Ortay. there you go. You got it. You nailed it. There you go. Nice, nice. That's, okay. the, that's the only thing I'm going to spoil about the entire movie for you. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and... Um, yeah, uh, Jeff, um, what have you got to say before um, we get out of here this week? Anything? Nothing major. Appreciate everybody's support. I look forward to uh, being able to hear next week's podcast. Well, I say next week. It'll probably have to be two weeks because our timing is a little off. But uh, Parker and our special guest from Immediately Know, anxious to to eventually hear that one and yeah i'm gonna be on vacation for a little while so we're looking forward to that have some fun yeah enjoy so yourself man everybody out there be safe enjoy march madness it got off to a little bit of a crazy start today as it normally does which is always awesome so uh hope you and your team do well it, it will probably be close to being over with that this comes out yeah uh, um yeah um uh, and thanks again to uh our friend Chuck in our Facebook group for recommending this and uh, getting everybody to vote on it. And yeah, um, we appreciate everybody who suggests those um, every month. They really do. Um, they really do help us out and make this fun. Um, and thanks to everybody who 
just listens. Um, if you would like to support us further, you can always do so by giving us a one-time rating review and making sure that you are subscribed um, to whatever podcast provider you are listening to us on. Um, if you would like to support us financially, you can do so by going to our Patreon in the show notes and you know becoming a member there. Um, if not, you know, you can always just join our Facebook group that I just mentioned earlier. Um, you can join us in there where we, you know, discuss things, um, you know, notify when the podcast drops. Um, I have, you know, have various conversations when we feel like hopping in there sometimes, but, um, you know, when people, when people are in there, we definitely always try to, uh, interact. We're just very bad about starting the conversations sometimes. Um, so um yeah thanks everybody again um jeff thank you so much again i I appreciate every week i do hope you have fun on your vacation enjoy it you have earned it my man uh yeah everybody thanks again and remember it's probably psychosomatic or the alignment of the moon or the stars or something <laughs> well, I Parker, was, I, I, I was wondering if you froze on me for a second. Well, I wasn't sure if that was the end of your statement. I, I was, I thought there was going to be something at the end. <laughs> I, I totally mis, misread that one, but uh, <laughs> I, I got some more information on uh, Michael Jordan. So don't, don't, don't cut it off. Don't.